Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your alternate Monday? Uh, it's rough. I did moved one of my my oldest kid today. I'm all sore. It's cold and rainy, dark, wintry, January. Does that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. We had uh, a big trip last weekend. I'm, I'm still not quite recovered from it yet, but I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. Let's... Uh... Let's let's get that out of the way. That the current events, current personal events. Sure. Um, you're, you're still living we, it out there. Uh, right now. You're still partying every I am, night. I am still. Uh, no, false. <laughs> I am still in Las Vegas. Um, a group of us, probably two thirds of our core friend group, um, flew out to Vegas. Uh, except for me, I drove. Um. For our buddy Pat's 50th birthday. Um, we've had Pat on the show at least once or twice. I know he's been on some Gen Con shows. And we had him on once and talked about Star Trek most of the time. Um, but he turned 50. And he loves Vegas and poker. And I think was coming out here anyways. Uh, got family. Used to live here and all this stuff. So a uh, bunch of us flew out. Spent... The weekend, uh, except for Fox and Jill, spent just one night, which is wild to me. But uh, <laughs> they, they had an even uh, crazier uh, a trip than us because they were out at a, at a con out in D.C. as well. Yeah, so they had they had issues with canceled flights, and there's some like winter storm stuff sweeping across the country, or there was last. Yeah, week. It was, um, I mean we were in Vegas, so it was just slightly rainy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still a little rainy out here, but uh, overall, just hovering between, like, low 40s at night and low 60s during the day, um, if if that. But, uh, yeah, we um, mostly spent a lot of money, but we had a few meals, um, we did a little bit of gambling, um, I know... Uh, Pat and um, our buddy Brad played in some poker tournaments and won a little bit. Um, I did not win anything. I mostly just played a couple machines and threw money away. But uh, that's what gambling is, in my experience. And had some had a couple of fantastic meals. Um, a nice uh, Italian place off the strip called Nora's uh, Italian Kitchen, something like that. And a steakhouse called Primal, um, which has a very, like, medieval Viking vibe. Um, they even had a drink that is served in a, a, a vessel shaped like a horn, like a drinking horn. It's not a real horn because those are not uh, sanitary. Right. <laughs> but, um, um, and, some, and some big goblets, like pewter goblets stainless steel lining for the same reason um and like smoking everything was smoking or bubbling or i know the the whiskey cocktails had a glass dome over them full of smoke and very much an experience in addition to of course fantastic steak um and then we most nights went back to 
uh, one of the hotel rooms and played games like we do. Yeah. Nothing too, nothing too heavy. I think, um, played a lot of dominoes. Cause as you mentioned, uh, our buddy, Mike Trotsky is, uh, into dominoes lately. Right. So dominoes, I think we played llama once or twice. The last night after you left, um, we played bang the dice game, which is a great, like high player count. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, um, um, uh, uh, just one, the, the word writing. I don't think I, I played game. that one before. I saw you guys said, said you played it, but I didn't um, that one. Yeah, it's a little bit, um, it's got some elements of, uh, categories, but without the competitive, it's co-op, right? The whole group is trying to win together. You play through 13 cards and score based on how many, uh, you were able to get the guesser to guess. Um, essentially how it works is there are cards with words on them, words or phrases. Um, they might. I think they're at most like two word words, or maybe they're all one word. Cause that's the whole thing is just is one, one, just one. Um, you, uh, you have these cards and they have five words on them. And the person who is guessing, right. That goes around the, the judge. Um, so they're not judging, they're guessing, um, puts that card in front of them without looking at it and picks a number from one to five. Cause there are five. So everybody else at the table can see what the word is. Okay. And then, then the rest of the players, um, the, the default game has these little plastic stands that will hold a card in front, but you can also write on them and like turn them around. Uh, Trotsky, of course, being the, uh, um, portable game aficionado that he is, um, got blank cards, just like normal cards that are blank and also dry erase. I don't know if you can dry erase on normal cards. Maybe you can. Um, and markers, right? And then he uses the markers for other games. That's his whole, like, shtick. But um, we had those blank cards instead of the little stands because they're more portable. Um, anyway, the rest of the players independently write one word as a clue. And just like categories, you can't write the word or any part of the word that's the goal. Um, that's not categories. That's taboo, I think. Um, just a little bit of a little bit of that. The categories part comes in when once everybody has picked and written their word, uh, the guesser closes their eyes, right? Covers their eyes, and everybody else turns their card around to show what word they wrote. And if anybody wrote the same word as anybody else, both of those get disqualified they get erased oh i do remember this okay yes i played it once 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 yeah once that's happened and those clues are eliminated um then the guesser opens their eyes looks at the remaining clues and has one chance to guess what the word was on the card and so it's this fun sort of, like it's a party game it's still like there's not a lot of strategic or tactical thought required but you still have this kind of um categories taboo even quiplash kind of um thought process where you're like okay i want a word 
that here's a good example um fox turned up the clue pig okay and so i went i went through my mind i'm like okay well miss piggy isn't gonna work um porky is too obvious uh you've got wilbur from charlotte's web yeah that's a little that's a little obscure but still maybe somebody else is going to pick that and in fact pat picked wrote wrote wilbur right i wrote cage for nick cage nicholas cage who was in a movie called pig oh okay and when we showed it around brad looked at it and was like what is oh that's that's good but i don't know will he know that and of course he does because it's fox he's a movie guy and i know that he's seen pig um and so then you look around, you know, the guesser looks around and goes, okay, well, based on, right, like you have to look at all of the words and sometimes there's one you don't get and so you don't get the reference and so it kind of throws you off. But then if you fixate too much on one of the words, then like you have in your mind, oh, it's probably this, but then you have to make sure to look at the other words and go, okay, that one doesn't fit. All right. I don't, you know, kind of thing. And then... But but as the as the rest of the of the team, the whole game is just picking the right word. And like, I want it to be obscure, but not so obscure that the guesser doesn't get it. And also not the same level of obscurity as anybody else. So we would get to a point where everybody is just blowing past all the obvious guesses or right. the obvious clues. And I'm like, nobody wrote porky (laughs) okay so then then the next game you're like okay everyone's gonna bowl past this obvious clue so i'm gonna write that one and then everybody part of that is just i mean like like a lot of party games a big part of it is just the people right like knowing the people um which is is great it's a solid party game in my sure sure i've probably talked about on the show before but um nice yeah uh, yeah, I mostly just play, we played dominoes, I think for, cause we were, mm-hmm. it was, I don't know, it's, it's Vegas. So we were out a lot, right? By the time we got back to play dominoes. Yeah. By the time we went back to the hotel rooms, everybody was knackered and we're like, yeah. we're not gonna, we're not, I mean, I think, I think one night we almost played for sale and Trotsky couldn't remember the rules. Yeah. And we're like, okay, uh, we're, we're playing llama. Yeah. That, um, yeah. So if anybody's listening, yeah. thinking like they went to. Vegas and play, no, it's not, as you can tell by the game he just described, and when we don't use uh, play a lot of party games, and that's that was the the most that we could could do. The fact that you you played that one had more thought in it than what you know, I could have probably handled at the time. Um, yeah, so we 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 went out and did a lot of Vegas stuff, and then came back and as you said, schnockered. We were super super tired or beat and wore down, um, and then we're like, but you know, we don't want the, the night to end, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so we, we would yeah. go back to the hotel and play. And, and Pat had a big suite that we would go to and could do that stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. overall, Vegas, um, you've been out there before and visited on your own. So this isn't your first first rodeo. Um, anything notable this, this yeah. trip that I, you enjoyed? I mean, I didn't do really any of the typical Vegas stuff when I was here before. Well, I take that back. I did some of the Vegas tourist stuff that's not gambling, right? I went to the Hoover Dam and 
I went and found the pawn shop from Pawn Stars. And what else did I do? Well, I went down to the strip to find a hat shop and overpaid for Gordon Ramsay's fish and chips, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which, as we talked about off air, is over is expensive relative to the rest of the world, but not that expensive relative to Vegas. Nice. To Vegas, it's um, about right. Yeah, I looked at that. I was like, yeah. Right, right. That's that's about normal. <laughs> um, whereas this time, I actually went to the casinos, gambled a little bit. Um, uh, you and I and, and our buddy Chris walked through the, the mall attached to Caesars. That was really fun. A I little bit that. of the mall. Mm -hmm attached to the Bellagio, um, which is across the street from Caesars. Um, and what else? We went to the Pinball Museum. Huh? That was sure, cool. Pinball sure, yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Now, museum is the wrong word because you can actually play the games. Exactly. Right. Um, which is cool. I, I wasn't sure what to expect with that right. uh, experience. But it was a fun, like, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I played hours. a lot of pinball. I played a lot of pinball games in my years going up together, like Keeping Ghosts. And this place still had many mm -hmm. that I had never seen before, old and new. There were some new ones that I had not seen. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Galloping Ghosts usually has some some new ones, a lot of new ones. And they, they also have some, a lot of old ones. But this one had m more old ones and more new ones. So, and a lot of things in the middle. Yeah, I did, I did a little bit of a mix of both. I, um, we've talked about arcades before i have a weird thing with um spending money to play games and also pinball is just a i, I have nothing against it it's just not not really my thing it's it's um, a money eater it's a big money eater. it always has been yeah yeah um i played a it's not baseball is it was pirate or ship themed in some way uh, according to the little info card, because a lot of the older ones had these little index cards where somebody sort of wrote the the bio, the Wikipedia page for the machine. Um, it was maybe the first um, machine released after New York um, lifted the ban on pinball. All right. Um, Super illegal. Which is history I only know about from watching the movie um, The Man Who Saved Pinball, whatever it's called. <laughs> Um, pinball, the man who saved the game or something. I forget the exact title. Uh, I'll link it in the show sure. notes. Um, but I played that and I also played a Venom, uh, Spider-Man. That one was the best game there. Themed game. Yeah. That's like a, a very new, like scan your QR code in the thing and like pick your character that you do this stuff and like you're still playing pinball but there's like some kind of actual game happening on the screen i never uh entirely understood it but because i only played once because it was a dollar i played it a couple uh, times because it was that but, phenomenal i it really is a great game and it's it's by stern who makes a lot of pinball games now um okay. and they they make really good pinball games like my favorites they make a godzilla i believe that's that's out right now it's new and it's probably one of the best on the market but Venom, really freaking close. They had a an Infinity Gauntlet type one there too. Um, that was just it was not quite as good as Venom, but very close. It's just like Venom was the top of the hill. This one was like formerly the top of the hill type stuff. So, sure, I, I, I enjoyed that game as well. I was gonna say nice. the um, that museum. 
so if you go there, Pinball Museum in Vegas, it's, it's definitely not one of those S you can kind of pick up. It's not like Galloping Ghost Arcade that we've talked about multiple times on the show where you pay one entry fee and then get to play them all. It's, it's a pay by the, the game and they're all, well, not all, but the, the newer to mid newer ones are all a dollar. And, um, the old, old, old ones are I played a couple 50 cent one, the, the vintage machines were just one quarter and it's all quarters. There's no tokens. Yeah. My, 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 I kind of, I think I might've said this to you at, um, at the thing, but my opinion of pinball, except for the new ones I was just speaking about, like Venom and Godzilla and, and things, some of these that have like quests and kind of goals and things that you go to. Yes. I hear you guys out there. Pinball players. A lot of pinball games have had goals and quests and missions and things. Um, but the the newer ones have a lot of things that all work interactive with the digital display and you're playing games and kind of you can actually achieve some of the goals. And I feel some of the most modern pinballs make them more achievable than what the older like 90s pinball games were or before uh, where they're very, very difficult. Okay. But that's not my point. My point was is that um, my thought of pinball games is that besides those newer ones I'm just talking about. I don't know if pinball is as fun really at all without other people. Like you have to, to get a high score mm. is no fun if you're not comparing it to anybody. Right. I got, I got 996,376,000 guys. Like, what does that even mean? Like, no, that means nothing. Mm. Right. But if you know what that means, right. because you're also playing it, then it's fantastic. So, um, Pinball just by itself, walking around is not great. But if we all get together and play the game, we like just like we'll talk about here in a bit with gambling things too. Um, it can be a lot more fun with that that communal type fun stuff. Sure. Uh, I went to. I, I only had a few highlights. We were there for four days. I was there for four days, and um, I think. Three days would have been enough for me at Vegas. My overall feeling of Vegas is I loved the splendor of it all and the um, spectacle, as things would say. It's just really freaking cool. And I'm really – I am very happy that I got to go out there and see it. I don't think that I would volunteer to go again um, unless we had something like this where we all kind of went out there. I definitely wouldn't go by myself or just with one other person um, because it's just – It's very – I think – I think somebody compared it to Disney, which is fair from a certain perspective. Um, it's very, I want to use the word plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in the way that people use the word plastic as a synonym for fake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Which is kind of strange because we have a lot of plastic things that are not uh, fake or substitutes for anything. But the, the the whole not the whole city but definitely stuff up and down the strip was like um and i don't whatever i'll say it anyway um <laughs> i don't i'm trying to decide if i want to say this um it's maybe the most american city and i mean that in the worst way sure i can kind of i kind of get what you're saying does with that, that does that make sense it's like it's like Here's Caesar's palace. We've got statues that there's David and over here is, you know, Zeus and Poseidon and Artemis and Apollo um, and, and, and Aphrodite, like all around this gorgeous fountain and all the floors are marble. And over, you know, a few blocks down, we've got New York, New York, where 
we didn't go in there. I just saw it from the from the rideshare. But like, here's the New York skyline with the Chrysler Building, the the um, Empire State, the Statue of Liberty, like all in a in a big tableau <laughs> right there. We've got um, I don't know Camelot or something right next. Oh, to Excalibur, it. yeah. Camelot, but Excalibur, that's yeah. it. It's like a it's like a giant castle, but it looks like like a TV castle, like a leg. <laughs> like a lego castle it's like somebody built somebody built a castle that's like gray walls with blue turrets and red parapets or something very like play school like a giant kids toy and um here's paris where we've got the arc de triomphe and uh the eiffel tower but they're smaller than the real ones Mm -hmm. and you know all lit up with the with the glitz and everything and it's just very like oh what what is all this (laughs) yeah just like like a like a pale like a parody of of everything even new york new york which is a u.s city right right it's not even like you know some and i mean new york is pretty far from las vegas so that's a fair comparison i I don't i don't think there's an la uh section um, of casino but well the LA has a very boring skyline so maybe that's yeah. that's part of it too but um yeah just this whole and and that's what i mean in the comparison to disney i think disney does a lot of that stuff too um as a there's a whole conversation about whether disney does it better than vegas i think sure. disney you know i have i have a lot of thoughts on disney parks but one of the things they do very very well is that high-end curated experience with mm-hmm. you know everything down to the employees and the trash cans and yeah. all that like that's what's impressive to me about disney right um and and yeah i got i got the after i i didn't notice it at first but the more stuff we went and looked at i was like boy everything here is just like a fake version of something real. <laughs> something real um, right yeah which yeah, it was, it was just just interesting. the the uh, I I think that the Disney comparison is a fair one, uh, to to some extent. I think you kind of described it well there. Um, when we talk about like parodies or things, we can think of things like the Animal Kingdom and the Safari. Like you get to see all the animals on the Disney Safari, and it's really cool. You go on a safari ride, but it's not real. It's made so that you can kind of condense it and americanized as we as you were kind of saying and that's kind of how you're talking about jungle cruise with no not not the jungle cruise but that's that's a good one i was talking about at the actual animal kingdom safari um but Mm. uh i've never been to the florida park so that might be better than the one oh yeah it's yeah sorry anaheim people but disney world is way better than disneyland um but anyway yes what i was kind of getting at there was that um it's like i with that spectacle and all the, the security experiences, all those things you said, yes, that's a great comparison. And then, cause I thought that too, I think on that first day, maybe the second day when, when somebody had mentioned that was, um, I thought, yeah, that's, that's not wrong. Especially as we were walking through Caesar's palace, I said, that's not wrong. And then the more I thought about it is like, except if Disney was all Cartier and the most expensive shops you could think of everywhere. And, um, like high-end fashion things. Every restaurant was made by Guy Fieri or Gordon Ramsay or, you know, stuff like that. And to go on rides, if you wanted to sit down and do one of the rides, it's going to cost you $150 at, 
at least, you know, to play, to, to yeah. gamble slash ride the Space Mountain. You know, there's there's no one ticket to get in and ride the rides in Vegas. Now, which which is not to say, uh, I mean, you have more experience than, than I do at this, but the Disney parks are not cheap by any means. Sure. Sure. Right. Um, you know, I, I remember you talking about the around the world things, but yes, right. Yes. Right. Sure. L like both, both very expensive, um, um, experiences. And of course, Vegas is, you know, as I understand it, built entirely on gambling. Right. right? So you're also, in addition to buying very expensive drinks and food, you're potentially just throwing money away for the chance to win money. Yeah, I, I had up and up until this last just week explained gambling. Up until this last week, of all the places I've been in the world, Disney stood out as the most expensive food trap that that I'd I'd been to. Where you sure. go to a place, you're there, and you have to buy their food, and it's expensive. Right. You know, you buy chicken fingers, and it's ten dollars. You know, you get you get a bunch of fries and a bunch yeah. of chicken fingers, but it's ten to fifteen dollars, right? Whatever. Um, until I went to Vegas, and Vegas is now the most expensive place that I've I think I've ever been. And there's probably just like Disney, I'm sure there's you can go off campus, right, or go other places where that you can if you were in the know, mm -hmm. you can go and, and do it the other way. So I'm a first time Vegas visitor, so that was my thing. But moving away from that kind of topic, it was. I loved the spectacle. I loved that bigness of it. I'm super glad that I went to see that. Um, but I'm not a gambler. I'm not not a thing. I you know I sit down and I I play slots and the slots aren't just old slots where you just have like it lends on cherry cherry dice whatever. Now it's a whole wall of a screen of digital displays with glitz and explosions and fireworks happening everywhere and seventeen thousand lines. Old style ones too, but Oof. yeah, there's ones where you're like, I don't even know what's happening here. Yeah, it's like some kind of uh, um, Candy Crush. With but like <laughs> right. you don't control anything, it's just all automatic, and there's gigantic um, display screens with characters or animals, buffaloes and whatever, and it's all <laughs> right. The 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 art style or the the motion is all like to me anyway, vaguely unsettling. I don't know what the deal is. With that, <laughs> it's weird. But, um, it did. You know, it very much those those all those machines felt like an uh, an iOS app that you would get and download and be like, what's this thing? I'm going to play it. Like you said, you perfect nailed it when you said candy crush and you, you play it and you're like, Oh, it wants me to pay $5 to actually play this. Right. Um, correctly. Right. You know, and then, but in Vegas to get to the point where you got to realize that you had to spend money, you've already spent 20 bucks, you know, as you set down and it automatically does it yeah. for you. Uh, so it was, that's not the same thing. Now, let's say some positive things we got to do I, that I that I really enjoyed. I want to say some good things I liked about Vegas um, besides this, this spectacle. I enjoyed um, we – so if you're offended by gambling, I'm sorry, we did gamble. I'm going to speak about it here for a second. I enjoyed gambling. We did like a – I'll let you describe it. The, the racehorse game where it's like a racetrack uh, and mechanical horses went around and you could bet on them. And that was super fun and it plays something like – 12, eight to 12, maybe people at one time. And we had four or five of us playing at one time and we were getting up and cheering the horses on and that, that was just fun. And I lost some good amount of money on that, but it was just like, I, I think that was, 
the same as if I would spend money going out with, with friends, you know, just, I enjoyed the time that we all went and spent together and had a great time and was worth it. Sure. Um, and the other one we did basketball. So the IU basketball game was on, we were playing, was it Wisconsin? Is that what we were playing? And uh, that's right. Yeah. And they were, their ranked team really good and they were going to care, but, but we bet on, them. we did like it's in Vegas. So we, we bet on them and then we went, placed our sports bet, went over to the, like dining ish area, I guess where the, the big TVs everywhere. And we sat and, and drank some drinks and cheered on the Hoosiers, talked, went and got an in and out burger, which was expensive. but still in and out burger and went back to the thing and cheered and hung out like that. Those were super highlights. And we, yes, we can do that at home, but it was kind of neat doing it in the middle of this big casino with everybody. And we all had sure. some money on the line just for fun. Right. Um, I, I, yeah. I did not I, want anything, but I only put $20 on, but it was fun. Yeah. I did not bet on the game, uh, because I got there late. Right. Um, yeah. after you all, you all did that setup. Um, you reminded me though, that I did once bet on sports, maybe the only time, um, oh, I'd never bet, bet on sports until then. Like 2007 ish. I think whenever, um, people who are more, um, loyal NFL fans than I am will remember whatever year um I think this happened twice so this won't narrow it down anyway whatever year the Patriots played uh the Giants New York Giants in the Super Bowl hmm? um Trotsky had a uh hosted a Super Bowl party and Brad organized a pool a, a betting pool right yeah. so you'd bet yeah. on the final score okay and it was it was a certain buy-in before halftime, and the buy-in was higher after halftime. Okay. And the the score that I guessed, which was Giants beating Patriots by fourteen, I think. Like I looked at the current score, and I think I got in just before halftime. I was like, okay, if if they score two more times, and and New York. I shouldn't say New York when giants, if the giants score three more times, maybe one field goal, whatever I did that math. Got it. And was like, all right, I'm going to say 37 and 20, whatever I said. Right. And that ended up being the final score. And so I, oh, won, hey. I it was, it wasn't a lot. It was like, I don't know, 50 bucks or something. Um, but, but still, that was, that was great because, because I won money and, Tom Brady lost. Right? <laughs> That's I, right. I won in two ways. A double um, win there. Yeah, yeah. All I remember about the IU sorry, not sorry game to our Patriot fan that, listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I care very little about sports, but for the for the decade ish that I was um, following the Colts, of course, it, it was. Root, you know, like the Chicago thing, root, root for the Bears and anybody playing the Packers. I rooted for the Colts and anybody playing New England, especially Tom Brady. Especially Tom Brady. Um, anyway, all I remember about the IU basketball game was that uh, we were sitting there watching the game and a guy came up, older guy, older gentleman, and said and asked how the game was going. And we were all watching the game, drinking drinks, a little, a little distracted. And I got to watch... The few of you, because, you know, I, he, he was standing farther away from me. I got to watch the few of you start to engage with him and then realize that he was wearing a Purdue hat. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it was not a, 
it's not a super obvious uh, uh, Purdue hat. I think it was neutral colors and stuff. Right. And if um, I, I assume most of our listeners are in Indiana, but if you don't know this, um, um, Purdue and Indiana universities are rival schools yes. in Indiana, rival colleges. Um, Purdue is the sort of um, engineering and agriculture school where IU is the more liberal arts school. And that's, I'm oversimplifying, of course, IU has a law school and music school and all of those right. things. But, oh, well, music falls under liberal arts. But you know what I mean. Right. Uh, in sports, they're, the, the schools are rivals. And so we're out in Vegas, and this guy from Purdue shows up. And IU is down, like, it's basketball, and IU is down by, like, 14 points. Um, <laughs> right. Doing poorly. And so, and so this guy walks out. He's like, "Hey, how's the game going?" And I got to watch you guys go. Oh man, we're not... hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, like like social interaction. Yeah, the, and um, and, we, and we were all because he saw a lot of us were in IU gear and also yelling "Go Hoosiers" mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. really loud throughout the casino. Right, right, right. But the you you mentioned that horse game, and I guess I can describe that. Sure. Um, so I don't know anything about horse racing, but uh, this horses go fast of, um, and win. That's that's is that the gist of it? I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I I understand a little bit. You know, I understand the basic concept of horse racing. <laughs> yeah. I know very little about horse race gambling. Sure, horse track gambling. Um. So this was a. Uh, I'm just going to call them video games. Right, the casino is full of video games. They, they are, yes, but yes. also, also has like blackjack and poker and roulette, where there's a person. They even have video game um, blackjack and poker. Right, there are some of those that are automated because it turns out you don't really need a person to move chips around and drop a ball on a spinning. Ooh, wheel. Don't say that too loud; um, they're going to get mad at you out there. <laughs> well, there's both, right? People, people play the the. I mean, just like video poker, exactly, exactly, right? right yes, um, yes. People, it, it doesn't stop people from playing real poker because it's not the same. Right. Um, so this was a game where you bet on horse races. There are six horses and you have a screen in front of you and you put money in and then you have credit and you bid with chips that start out at a dollar and you can increase the denominations. Just like I was talking about a week or so ago with that idle clicker game. It's the same thing where you can say, like, I'm going to put dollar chips down or maybe I'll put five dollar chips, which, again, is I guess I've got the I've got the this is like this thing backwards <laughs> again, because, of course, if you're playing um, roulette in real life, you can decide I'm going to put a dollar chip on that number or I'm going to put a five dollar chip on that. number. Right. right. You've just got physical chips in your hands. Um, anyway, there are six horses and you can bet on any of those horses to win you can bet so that's the that's the win bet and um every after every race the odds or the the payouts will change and right. so of the six horses it'll say like this one pays out 2x this one pays I think out there's, three. there's six horses these right? two yeah these two pay out five this one pays out times 18 and this one pays out times 54 right. and those numbers change every which every is race. the odds like if it's, so random. if you don't know it means if it's 54 yeah. that means it, there's a real good chance that guy's going to be last and not win 
right? Right, right. But if he wins, you pay, right? It's, it's a gambling thing. You pay $10, um, you're going to get $540 down, you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, and we're playing usually in denominations of $1, right? Like we put $1 on. Just, just putting a couple dollars down on each one. Right. Um, so, so that's the win bet. And then there's a, there's a grid of, uh, they had a special word for it, but it's, you're basically betting on which two horses are going to finish first in either order. First or second. Um, for first and second. Yeah. So there's a one and two, uh, uh, that's a bad example. There's a, there's a three and five and you're betting that either three is going to win and five is going to come in second or vice versa. Five is going to win. Three is going to come in second. And those have their own set of odds and payouts. Um, and there are a couple of like bulk betting options where you say, you know, every combination that has the horse number three, I'm going to bet on it's five different combinations or yeah, five. Um, or, and because you can bet multiples, you can bet on all six horses to win. Uh, didn't you do and that once? I think we we're sitting next to you and you were like, boop, 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 I, boop. <laughs> I, I did it several times. Cause I'm like, I'm going to win something every time. <laughs> and the worst case scenario is the two X horse wins and I lose $4. True. But True. if the eight X horse wins, I'll be up $2. It didn't work. None of my theories and strategies <laughs> worked, which is. Uh, my understanding of how these super random chance games go, because right. you look and you're like, well, the the two X horse has a really high chance of winning, but it's like a it's like a trap, right? Like this one pays out two X, but it so you think it's almost guaranteed to win, and then it doesn't, right? Otherwise, you could just bet on you could put one bet on that one two X horse, yeah, um, or X two horse. And, um, and double your money every time. Right. Uh, but th that of course is not how it works. Um, yeah. You, you end up losing and the, <laughs> if you do that. so, so that's the game part of the game. It's like to, to talk about it in terms of, uh, of board games, right? Like those are the, those are the rules and the mechanics and how you score the components part of the game like we talk about a game like foundations of rome that has gorgeous expensive components um the components of the game are a big uh glass dome um horse track uh, racetrack in between the the two sets of four um um stations with screens and there are little plastic horses in there and they have uh moving legs that move based on how fast the horse is going and there are magnets inside presumably that make the horses move around yeah, yeah. in the circle and so you can see them go and a little like arm will swing out to, I'm gesturing um, <laughs> a little arm will swing out to show you where the starting gate is and the horses will all line up there until everybody is done until the timer clicks up for everybody to bet and then they'll line up and they'll go. And so you get to watch them and go like, oh, I want four to win. And four is out in the lead, but the race just starts. And the race isn't very long. It's like one lap, one and a half. Yeah, one lap. Yeah. Um, but you're like, oh, four is 
four broke too early like he's gonna get passed <laughs> like he's he, it, it's way this is the false hope that it always get like i bet on five four and five is in the lead and four is right behind him but here's three out of freaking nowhere nowhere gonna finish first and now i just now i just lost all my money um <laughs> as and, happens in and Vegas. they also yeah they also for some reason every few races will switch like um um like sports right when they switch sides of the court or the or the field right like yeah. now we're playing oh this they go the other way yeah i don't think all sports do that. which is funny like, that they would do all that. the horses all the horses will do a little u-turn and now they're going to line up go i mean maybe they do that on real horse races I maybe um but yeah i mean it's gambling like any other machine i think trotsky he said this several times i don't know how he did the math on this but like you lose 17 percent of your money an hour or something like here are the odds the odds are really bad but the thing that set this machine apart from like the slots and and everything else was this thing with the physical horses running around uh, right in thing which is kind of cool and um and you had to take like a lot you had of, to take a break like a one minute break right like you you couldn't bet keep pushing the button and then lose the money like a water right. sieve like you, you have to you wait bet and then yeah, wait that's it. wait for it to set up for everybody i mean roulette is kind of that way too um but it had the thing that i think craps has which i've never played craps i don't know how craps works but where depending depending on what people are like when we showed up there everybody was real quiet playing it like a slot machine mm -hmm. but you are kind of a loud guy a am i are little, you surprised at that <laughs> and, and energy <laughs> energy going and like people would walk by and stop and watch for a few minutes kind of go there was a asian couple next to me and and the wife would sort of cheer her her horse on but just not speaking english so it's just like in that in that in that uh asian stereotype um, so fun that's so but you fun. get that like a cheer and you're like you're like come on six freak three what do you do oh, guys no, three oh, oh, nobody like likes you three very, like <laughs> uh interactive um kind of experience i i yeah i really i really like that one and that and that was a definitely a, a plus of, of Vegas, it was fun even opinion. though i I spent way too much money on it, but, uh, yeah, same. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous for that thing, but if you're going to, if I had to, if I had to, it's by the way, it's called Derby deluxe. If anybody wants to look that up, um, Derby deluxe, or, yeah. or deluxe Derby or something like that, but it's, it's those, um, we, and, and they had we them in a couple it in places. the Bellagio where there's, yes. yeah, we played it in the Bellagio. I think you played it in a different casino, but yeah. it was full. And so we went to the Bellagio where there is a $1 minimum, on bids so you can you can just bid one thing i think where you played it before in caesars or the link it was um at a two dollar minimum so you have to bid on at least two right um right spaces but. so yeah we 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 did we had a great time with that one and, and i would and i would play that one again and lose money there there's no winning that money it was just i enjoyed that it, it allowed me to lose my money slower you know and and have the community sure. experience, you know, because I knew I was going to lose it. I'm not, I'm not silly. You know, I don't, none of us left that place in a plus. Um, even, even Brad who won a poker tournament did not leave that in in, in a plus uh, type situation. And yeah, although I Pat's still out there, who knows? Tr 
Trotsky hit one lucky number on the horse game and was <laughs> right. up for the night. Like he put a hundred in and won like a hundred and seventeen. Right. And so he ended up up uh for the night. But he also dropped like a hundred and thirty dollars on the machine the night before. So <laughs> right. uh, Yeah, it goes it not, goes quick. It, I don't think I don't think that counts as being up. Well, the, the um, long and short of it, to wrap right. this, is it's it's a really cool place to visit, but I would not visit there for very long because it's also one of the most expensive places I've ever visited. Um, and yeah, all, all around from gambling to places. Only thing I would say is not expensive is the hotels. All the hotels are reasonably – they seem reasonably priced. There's expensive ones. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I we stayed on the strip um, and right there in the middle of stuff, and it wasn't outrageous. Um, so you, you can still stay there and even the flights out there aren't terribly expensive, but out there you're bleeding money almost every minute. And even if you're not gambling, it's, it's bleeding money. So, uh, if you're going to go out there, it's going to go out there and visit, you know, I I would agree, put on your bucket list for once in your life to go see what it is. A weekend trip is, would suffice. And who knows, you may, Mm -hmm. it may be like many of our friends, um, one of their favorite places to visit all the time, and you'll want to go back again. But for your first trip, I would advise just a weekend trip out to Vegas to get your feet in the water and see what you think about it. Um, cool, cool, cool place, though. Uh, okay, so how about some non-Vegasy thing? Let's talk about some movies, some games, some board game stuff uh, that I think most of us want to hear about. What do you think? Uh, do we want to start with um, forgetting Sarah Marshall? Sure. As Michael said, we watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall from 2008, starring Kristen Bell, Jason Segal, Paul Rudd, Mila Kunis, Russell Brand, Bill Hader, and mostly a bunch of other people. Well, I guess Jonah Hill was in there. Jonah Hill, right. Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock. Um, Oh, right, yeah. I kind of recognized Bill Hader's wife. Um, Liz, or is there a name? Liz, yeah. Mm, well, she hasn't done that much, so maybe I don't recognize her. Um, yeah, you wanna you wanna kick this one off? Sure. Um, this is a, a weird one for me. Um, I like it. I'll, I'll have I start off with that. that. I, I like it. Like in general, like everybody in it. It's it's a comedy. It's a romantic comedy. Is that what you call it? That what you call it romantic comedy? Because um, mm-hmm. you know it's about romance primarily. It uh, deals with breakup, you know, a, a kind of a sad breakup, um, and it spends a lot of time in that breakup. I mean, the, the name of the, the movie is called "Forgetting Sarah Marshall," so he's trying to forget her the whole time. Therefore, he he sits in that in that sad depressed mode for most of the movie and the the thing that makes it mixed for me is that it's it's like so real type stuff it's very much um i think obviously i identify with um um jason siegel because you know he's a middle-aged white guy and um you know he's got a he's got a cute girl that is super famous and then breaks up with them and he thinks everything's perfect 
and there's nothing he could do. And he just kind of, you know, is mopey after that. So it, it gets, and then all the things kind of, several things go wrong where he, he sees her with another incredible guy. He's super famous. And it's just this like, oh, I really felt sad a lot for him. Um, and, you know, heartbroken. You kind of felt heartbroken with him. And that that's probably a little bit of a testimony to his performance um, in there. Uh, so I was like, oh, man, you know, just I I don't want to I want to be happy. And there's jokes mixed in, so I kind of want to be laughing, but it's all sad. But the jokes are good; they're good jokes. They're all, all the other characters, and even Jason uh, uh, Siegel is um, likable, and they have they're humorous and f- uh, fun little bits. When all the characters, like all the supporting characters, are likable and and fun. Right, especially Paul Rudd comes on and yeah. he's great as Kunu. Yeah. Um, the bartender, the you know, Mila Kunis is is fantastic. Um, even uh you know, Jonah Hill is sprinkling there just enough. He can be very annoying character for me or actor, but he, he was sprinkling just enough. And I yeah, I can't think of a thing I like Russell Brand in very much except this one. He was pretty great in this one. Um he's kind of I mean Obviously, I don't know him personally, but he's he's either playing himself or he's playing to his stereotype, right? Right. I, I would agree with that. He, he's like he's he's may, he's maybe playing a parody of himself. Correct. Um, and, and and that's okay. Which right? is which is funny. Um, I mean, in a way, I think I think Kristen Bell is playing a parody of herself too, and yes. I loved the 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 not so subtle jabs at the procedural crime genre so uh, much especially yeah. in the at the end so crime much. scene scene of the crime <laughs> uh absolutely um yeah so i i you know i a little infatuated with with uh Kristen Bell so cuz she's super 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 cute girl and fun and uh, like in real life and in movies and all the things she does and she's super great. So I can't not like show she's in. And so that e- even when there was the things that would like bring me down a little bit, you know, she elevates up and Jason Siegel the same way. It's like, you know, I kind of want all these things. The topic here is, is low and depressive, but he's really fun and I really like him. And then everybody's good. So it had, it had, it kind of like felt like a rough breakup that you're going through and you don't want to, experience a rough breakup but it's one that's definitely you can see from the outside is supported by a lot of great people even like uh, bill Hader was for perfect as an example like his, his brother who's constantly <laughs> yelling at him and he makes terrible decisions right jason siegel will go back and i'm gonna go talk to him type thing and he's yelling at him no don't you dare you're an idiot just screaming at him over the phone and um yeah that was great there was were great moments and so when it gets done and it's over and there's several other points that happen in there without going into spoilers where like he makes a big mistake with Sarah Marshall um, about mm-hmm. in the third act, I'd say. And that felt kind of realistic ish. It's kind of like the thing you wanted to see, but not really. And then when it happens, you're like, okay, that happened. And I, he did what I think should be is right, but still there's consequences and all that kind of stuff. And that was good, but still kind of cringy, right? Cause it's, uh, it's that real, it's real again. It felt real. Like the, he, he would have, a real person kind of would have made that mistake. You feel right. Yeah. Yeah. For, for a movie with so much absurdity, 
um, there's a lot of really genuine kind of, and it, and it kind of goes back and forth with that kind of stuff. Um, I think you can see that the most, um, clearly in Paul Rudd's character, right? Where you meet him and he says some stuff and you're like, wow, this is, I mean, it's not mind blowing, but you're like, oh, this is a cool, and you see Jason Segal react to that because he's, you know, kind of an everyman. He kind of does this, this everyman kind of character. Um, but then whatever Paul Rudd said turns out to be BS, right? right. And then a little while later, he he does something else, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. But no, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. He's saying some line, and my favorite one is... I mean, maybe it's sort of a spoiler, but he, uh, I think Jason Segal asks him, um, how long they've been out there or how long he, he asked him something about the time. And Paul Rudd says, Oh, I don't know, man. I stopped wearing a watch when I moved out here. Right. Cause he's a, obviously a transplant to, <laughs> yep, to Hawaii. Yep. And, and Jason Segal is like, wow, man, that's, that's really cool. Like he's looking at this guy as like, here's somebody who, moved out who made the vacation permanent and now he's living the aloha life and (laughs) like uh paul rudd's next line is yeah my my cell phone has a clock on it so i don't really need it (laughs) and and he's like oh well that's that's basically the same thing like (laughs) you didn't untether from time you just switch devices but there's a moment where you think that that's what it is and he does too and it's great yeah i i remember having the same feeling I had on this one the first time I watched it. Cause I watched this way back when it came out in like 2008 and, and then I hadn't remembered it because unlike most things I do, I had not rewatched this one, watched it once and never went back. Cause I, I think it was that too real feeling I had for it. But sure. also as time passed, when we talked about watching this again, I thought, maybe I should go watch that again and not just focus on that. So I, I, I said enough of the, the realistic part of it. I want, and now that I've watched it again, I do appreciate all the extra stuff and like it more. And I still experience those two real feelings. Um, and so, but the next day I was, you know, after I, I slept that, cause I watched it late at night and then it, I slept and I get up and I like, I, I just keep remembering all the little things that I actually liked beyond those other two real things. You know, the obsession of Joni Hill's character, um, all the snow with Russell Brand with his, um, um, song that he sings and uh, how he's constantly uh, fighting off um, like, or trying to be celibate or is it celibate or is it with a uh, not drink um, sober. sober. Yeah. That's, he's trying to do that the whole time. Um, and Paul Rudd, you know, he called himself Kunu because it means Chuck, which is his name, Chuck. Um, right. You know, right. and, and Mila Kunis was, you know, like this great kind of someone you need after a breakup that's, you know, go out on a date and um, not overthink things. It, it just really did feel like if you're going to go through this real stuff, I wish I had all these cool, fun, interesting people around me, um, almost like a support team. And that's what I can feel this this film was, was it's a support movie for breakups. And, hmm. and it, everyone was kind of what you need. Like, it, obviously, you don't want to go to Hawaii and find your smoking hot ex is also there with her smoking hot boyfriend. You don't want that scenario, but 
it was great. It was good. And all the all the parts uh, with all the characters, as I just said before, were well done, very memorable. I like it. And it, coming off of this now, unlike the first time I watched it, I think I will recommend it to people. I, I will. Um, it's We call it a romantic comedy because there's definitely people getting romantic. But as the title suggests, we're getting Sarah Marshall. It's a breakup movie is what it really is. And yeah, I would even even though it is a comedy with romance, I would hesitate to describe it as a romantic comedy because I think that conjures images of, you know, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Yeah. You know, Nora Ephron kind of saccharine sweet where this is much more like romantic, raunchy comedy. Yeah. Kind of. Right. Um, I, I know that I have seen this at least twice because I rewatched it. Let's see. I had to have watched it um, at home once where I saw the version we saw, which is the um, unrated edition. And I was at some point somewhere in the last 15 years. um. 15 is that right 2008 15 plus years um i was in a hotel and it was on usa the cable channel yeah um and and usa does or at least used to do that thing where they would just show the same movie all day um and so i started this movie and or i you know turned the tv on and this movie was on and i was like oh i'm gonna watch that and then when it ended, I just kept watching the beginning until I got back to the point where I jumped on the first time, right? Like the first half hour or something. Um, but the version on, maybe there's like a theatrical version and a TV edit, but the version I saw in USA was uh, cleaner than the original version I had seen and the version we saw. Yeah. The, the whole... Oh, this may be a little bit of a spoiler, but there's some nudity. Um, <laughs> yes, for sure. Male and female nudity um, and a fairly, a couple fairly, ex I don't want to say explicit sex scenes, right? Because they don't show, you know, these famous, successful actresses' um, um, genitals or anything or, like that. Or but, actors, because they, uh, they do show actor genitals, several, just to be fair. They show... <laughs> Yeah, they show his, so there's a that's a whole different conversation. But um yeah, some of the dialogue and things in in some of those scenes is not uh is not in the in the the version I saw on cable. Oh yeah, I that makes sense. Um that's because this yeah. is you use the right word raunchy. Like it's got a lot of of really ra intentionally raunchy scenes. Um yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it opens up with at the near the very beginning of Jason Seagal, uh, Seagal, um, full frontal, and it's not just one shot; it just keeps going. <laughs> you know, you're like, mm -hmm. okay, th this is a bit that they're going to keep playing, and they kind of establish that they're okay with this kind of a film, uh, and and that was that was fine. So, uh, yeah, I would I would give it a thumbs up. I I like it, and I would recommend it to adults for sure. Um, but people who have gone through a breakup are going through a breakup, maybe, um, even though that might be hard to watch if you're going through a breakup, but 
it does have kind of a, you know, not to spoiler, but it's positive, supportive spin through it. Um, and it can be humorous. And I think everybody did a good job in, in the film. I, I like it. And I will actually watch it again. So yay, yay for, for getting Sarah Marshall. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as with everything else, uh, I, I can't make a recommendation without a bunch of caveats or really understanding uh, uh, the tastes of the person I'm talking to. Um, but if you like this kind of movie, it's like a, I don't know, Judd Apatow kind of That's fair. vibe. That's like a fair, a, you know, descriptor. If you like those kind of slightly raunchier movies, like some of the stuff uh, Seth Rogen does, yeah. or... Mm-hmm. Um, um, trying to think other other actors a lot of the other actors i know have done other and of course seth rogan has as well but um like i mean freaks and geeks but i already said judd apatow um like end of the world or um um the later uh or the like the van wilder movies yeah with ryan reynolds young young ryan reynolds that kind of thing but with a with a relatively genuine and plausible kind of relationship breakup story. Yes. Uh, agreed. Alongside those, those, uh, um, uh, mature jokes. There, there, there is one scene that she gives, um, Kristen Bell when talking about their relationship and why she broke up and it kind of got heavy there for a minute. And I was like, mm-hmm. and that's what this film does with that, that realistic type stuff. You know, you, you have all these things and then it reminds you that it's rooted in like a real relation, not a real relation, but you know, it feels like they were a real thing and it, they're real people with real feelings type stuff in this kind of little uh, silly thing. So, yeah. Right. Um, so for next week, we're actually going to jump off script a little bit here. And we're going to watch a recommendation from a listener, right? I think so. Yep. Mm-hmm, uh, this mm-hmm. would be a, we have someone that said killing of the sacred deer. I don't know anything about that one. I've not heard about it, but we're going to give it a shot. Killing of the sacred deer. Do you know, have you ever heard of that thing? Okay. I've heard of it, but um, don't know anything about it. Okay. Well, you know what? We since we both haven't seen it, that's a that's a pretty good good thing. So we should go ahead and watch it. Uh, Nicole Kid. Oh, Nicole Kidman. Hey, yeah, I can see you're looking it up right now. So. <laughs> Figuring it out. Okay. Yeah. So, Killing Colin of the Sacred Darrell. Deer next week. Uh, okay. So what I got this week, we let's talk about For All Mankind because the longer we go, we only have limited time here. Um, and it's, it's the, the less I'll remember about this exactly. underwhelming season. The, the, there you, um, there you go with the already your thoughts on that. I kind of agree with that. <laughs> uh, so for all mankind, we'll talk about the entire, is it season four? Who it is? Um, I believe so. W- with spoilers. So if you don't like it, get out of here right now. Um, we're going to talk about for all mankind. Um, I, I kind of agree with you on the over- underwhelming primarily because it feels like a filler episode. The whole season feels like a filler episode um, that they're trying to get somewhere 
and they kind of just barely got there um, at the end of the season. And there was a lot, I mean, For All Mankind tends to have that. Remember where we said before, we're like, uh, it's kind of boring. It's kind of dragging. And then it gets down to like the last two episodes. You're like, this is amazing. It all was, it was all worth it to get to this point. Um, this didn't sure. have that. It just had a lot of, okay, we got to the point. Now we need to get on with the rest of the show, but that's the end of the season. So yeah. Um, I went back and glanced through the season. Like I read the season descriptions for every episode through the seasons of which there's only a total of 40 because there's 10 every season. And um, it, the first two seasons move really fast. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens since we're in spoilers. Mm. Like um, they go to the whole high Bob thing happens really early in season one. And I thought, wow, I thought that was much later. Mm. The Nixon's Nixon's uh, girls are like episode three of the entire uh, series. Um, so where they start with the four girls, which was one of them I can't remember. I think she dies. Uh, then there's one that becomes a president, Molly Cobb, who gets the name after her, uh, famous astronaut. And then um, uh, the hero, which was, I uh, can't think of her name right now. It was um, Gordo's wife was her name. Tracy. Tracy, right. And she was a super, she was a big hero. So they're like, those were great for people and are obviously Danielle who is still one of the biggest right. people on the show. Um, I, I will, I'm, I want to pause you real quick. Sure. I just realized, cause I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it as, as we're talking and I'm like, there was this and this and set up and I'm like, I don't feel like they resolved X. I have not seen the last episode. Oh, wait, what? Season four. Oh, season four. <laughs> Crap. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Oh, it's 76 minutes. Maybe that's why I haven't watched it yet. Um, I can still I can still comment on this season relative to the rest of the series. I do feel like the pacing of the storytelling got slower each season. I, I would agree with and that. Yes, yes. I don't know if I, I know that, you know, in our friend group and the and the little bit that I skimmed. I forget where. I think I looked at some reviews on IMDb or or something else. There are a lot of people complaining about um Alita and and uh Kelly. Margo? I oh, Kelly, Kelly, okay, yeah, yeah. The the young, right, the young characters, quote yeah. unquote. And Same. I I complain about I them. don't I I didn't find them any worse than everybody else. Like I I don't know if it's the change in casting or the change in time period, probably both, right? Like when it was in the 60s and 70s and even 80s, like <clears throat> there's this, uh, you know, period retro, you know, Mad Men-y kind of thing where, you know, everything's kind of interesting, right? You're like, oh, what if, what if um women's liberation happened earlier because of these events and like everything becomes interesting and then you know we're so close they're so close to the modern era that it's like okay what are they are there are their phones really that much better than the phones that in real in real history we invented like yeah. 10 years later than this i mean um, this this last and, episode ends in 2012 it says it at the end it's 2012 so okay we're okay. very close. And 
and there were like the story was veering into some combination of the Battlestar Galactica reboot and the Expanse, Expanse or like a very prologue to the Expanse. Too. I know so many like we said it. People in the IMDb reviews said it. Like, oh, they're setting up the prequel to the Expanse. Like, it's obvious. Yes, um, right. For, it's obvious. It totally there. feels that way. Yeah. Um. And I just like there were moments here and there where I was like, oh, this is a cool. You know, Margot's walking around the, um the place in in russia and trying to get a coffee and she doesn't have quarter for the machine or whatever like there were moments where i was interested or invested in what was going on and i don't know if there were just too many stories i mean that happened to me in earlier seasons too like after the first season um i think from season two on and season three was this way a little bit but this season especially i just did not care about any of it and then, um, well, it, te- it telegraphed, it telegraphed po- a lot and wasn't, surpri- there was no real big surprises, right? Like the no union big surprise thing. reveals you're like, okay, they're, I mean, from like the second episode, I was like, oh, they're going to do a union thing. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they I wonder do. how that's, and there's no real surprise about it. And then, right. And then they do. And it, and it, yeah. And it works out and, and things got less plausible. Um, in terms of like the tech and the, I feel like there's much less of that than there was in, in earlier seasons. Like, yeah, people just go back and forth and we handle how long that takes by just doing a bunch of time skips, which the show always did. Right. Like you, you said that, uh, a second ago, like the high Bob thing and the getting all the female astronauts, like that happens fast because they're doing time jumps. Like they're covering a whole decade each season. Um, but it just gets less interesting to me with every season. Yeah, the the um, the um they they telegraph that union thing. They so you know long and short of it is I think that the writing is weaker. I will say, and and it may not be the actual words that they've written down. Like, and the performances are pretty good still, but the the plot writing wasn't as good as it has been. Um, because like I said, you could tell that that was telegraphed. It should have happened in one episode, but instead they were like, we got two ideas we want for this season, th- maybe three. And then, and that's kind of what we're going to do. And we're going to burn them through these 10 episodes. And it's, you know, it's a long, slow stuff. The union thing happens. And then there's the, the Goldilocks thing, which is real important. Um, and that's, that's real important, important. Um, and, this whole concept of Mars being like earth and Mars being separate, right? That they're, that they're, I guess I, and without spoiling it too much, they, they really, again, they say it, they talk about it most of the episodes throughout the season, but in the end, they really reinforce this thing that earth to, to so many people that are in happy Valley, earth is gone. It's the past. The Mars is is life, mm-hmm. and Mars is their world, and that's that's their home. And Earth is a place that they used to live, just like when you grew up when you were a kid and you live a place. But now you live here, and you never want to leave that place that you live now, and to go back to that place that you used to have and didn't really care for back then. And and that's what right. they were pushing. They just took a long time to do it, 
Um, and it took a whole season when they really could have done that a little bit. Margot's story, I think, is probably, now that I've seen the last episode, Margot's story is probably what this season was about. And I, I find that hard to kind of believe because Margot's story was kind of boring throughout the season. Um, but when it happens at the end, you're like, okay, I think they were just wanting to give this character a wrap up, like holistically wrap up her story. Um, and yeah. And they, they did that in previous seasons, right? With, yeah. um, with Tracy and, and Gordo and, um, yes. Karen right. and some, you know, or, and and Molly and and several of those characters like you know they saved it for the finale to give them a big yeah and I'm not saying that Margot dies I'm not spoiling right anything off. like that I'm just but I am because those characters all died but but they do oh sure they, they do I I feel Margot's story from the first episode first season to now is capped I feel that that's a that it is it has come she even has some points where she calls back to the first episode and and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, this is, this is a bringing it all back around type thing. Um, so sure. that was good. And she has the, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything with that. Um, okay. but that, yeah. So anyway, they end this thing at the end of this thing where they're trying to set up, still setting up. And I think they have set up Mars and earth as two separate things. And, but that took a whole season to do that. And it was like, ugh. Thankfully, Kelly did not hardly have any lines in this last couple episodes and or par parts. And neither did Alita. Alita did, but she became secondary to Margot's the whole time. I was like, finally, her okay. place is secondary to Margot. And that's where she belongs. And that's where she fits. And I don't really care for how her character. Um, so... I was glad for her in that spot. But the one thing that I will, it's probably the final thing I'm going to say about this show uh, for this is that I don't like how they, their goal was to make Mars the home for some people, some major characters. And that was going to be their thing. And to do that, they completely changed, um, Dev and, um, who's the main character? It's not, he's going on. Huh? Ed. Ed. Yeah, I was going to say Jack, but Ed and Dev. Like, they completely changed their character, like, who they were. They don't feel like the same speaking people of, at all. Speaking of Ed, I, I I have to thank you for pointing out his, like, limited facial movement and expression. Is that buggy now? Man makeup, because once, once you pointed it out, I couldn't unsee it. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that's, that probably ruined it, my bad. Um, it's, it's, I mean, he w wasn't great is i was like what is he doing what's his motivation like there were points in the season where i thought i understood that but then his actions just got more and more chaotic so i'm like okay man that, go back and watch season one episode one i didn't realize that they made him look so young like he looks so young joel kinnaman i think his name is he mm -hmm. he looks so young in that first season and i didn't think of him as young when i was watching it but now that i see with makeup old uh, Ed and I've seen middle-aged mm -hmm. Ed and all the different Ed's like, Oh my God, that first season, he seems like he's a, like a young kid, uh, running around. Right. Um, but yeah, so 
I, I, I didn't mind the season. I, what, you should watch that last episode because while it's not like as good as all the other three last episodes, it's it does a good capping of things, brings things around. There's a couple tense right. moments. Um, it has a few, it has a few, I will say classic for all mankind uh, moments where you're like, oh my God, I, I'm sure I know this is going to happen because it happens in all these films and it was all set up to do this. And then they don't. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's not like all the other films would do. And For All Mankind does that sometimes. They, they'll subvert your expectations right. because you just assume the obvious is going to happen. That's been set up. And then they don't. And you're like, okay, good. I'm glad. Glad they didn't do that. Um, good on them. Yeah. Uh, so they have, they have sort a of couple of those. An, in, an indication of my general feeling about this season is that that final episode has been out for two weeks. Yeah. And I've still not watched it. Now, I've... Same, I have had same. other things going on, like all this Vegas stuff, but still, when I, I've, I've finished the new season of Fargo, by contrast, yeah. um, but this show, I just see it on my, on my watch list, and I'm like, eh. Man, that is exactly what happened to me yesterday with, um, what's the Mothra Godzilla one? Um, Monarch. Monarch. I have not finished that either. Oh man, I, I watched For All Mankind yesterday and finished that up. You said two weeks, same thing. I watched it yesterday. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Since I'm finishing things up, I'm going to power through Monarch. And I watched like one episode. I was like, man, this is painful to watch. I can't, I can't power through this. It's just have, so boring. I have five episodes. I've watched half of Monarch. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to make it through. I don't think I'm going to, as much as the, I like Godzilla stuff. I think you said, I think you said um, that you were going to wait until it's done and watch it all at once, and then after that, I just stopped. <laughs> You're right, right, yeah. Um, well, that's the thing is that there's many out now. It might even be all out right now, and I just last night there was my try, ten, and so it might be done. The the characters are just so bad is the real problem. Um, yeah, it, it's and it's I don't those, know if it's writing or acting because obviously it's both. Um. um who's the guy kurt russell kurt russell um is a is a veteran actor yeah but it's i mean it might be a thing you know like some of these shows do where there's like one famous person like one established actor and literally the entire rest of the cast are are no names 100 percent right and and he every single but, scene since he was on there, he is surrounded by the worst people on the cast. Like they are the worst. It's the brother and sister, and then the brother's girlfriend. They're terrible, mm-hmm. and he is surrounded by them in every scene. And you're like, Ugh. you know, just terrible. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that makes me feel like I don't think I'm going to put any effort into watching it. If I happen to watch one episode, maybe because I'm I want to. I got a Godzilla crave or something maybe, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not putting stock into finishing that, that season. I bet. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> what do we, I got, uh, we got two topics and we got like 10 minutes here. You want to watch, I, I, I can give you my, I'm on my deep space nine quest and I have mm-hmm. finished mm-hmm. season one. I am halfway to three quarters of the way through season two. And I had been saying that I'd give a, a quick thought on per season. And then there's the other one is we can talk about Dream Scenario, the movie that we watched. Which one? One of those two, we um, only get one. 
Uh, let's see. Well, I don't have much to say on D Space Nine. I I don't think the discussion about Dream Scenario will be super interesting, but I did watch that last night. I hit a, a certain point where I've like I've played enough Factorio for the night and I've got other stuff going on earlier in the afternoon, but I I I don't want I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Um and I had that movie in my queue and I'm like, I'm just gonna watch it. Seems interesting. Um and so we can we can talk about that. Sure. I, I, I had Great. seen this one because I actually was this is one of those I've got three movies a week I can watch and why not go to the theater and sit right, and watch right. it. So I and I watched it. Um and it obviously has a, a weird looking Nicolas Cage. So I was like, eh, why not? Um I'll go first, I guess. I sure it's it's not it's not for me for obvious reasons. If mm-hmm. anyone wants right. I'm that's my cue for people listening that if you want to know a better review, you'll probably listen to Dennis on this one um, because it's it's just not made for me, right? It's got it's a tragedy, I think at its core, um, and it's sure. got things to say. And part of being when you have a tragedy, it's it's part of that message is to show you that something's bad or wrong, and that's why it ends in tragedy. Uh, Cautionary tales. Cautionary right. tales. Perfect example. Like yes, that kind of stuff. And, and I and I don't like going to movies to experience those emotions because I don't like those emotions. Right. Um, sure. So sure. and this this film was interesting. It's a twenty four, so it's artsy and it by in its core. I like some a twenty four films. Um, I didn't realize it was a twenty four. That explains a lot, actually. Right? Doesn't it? Like just saying that you know a twenty. It's a very a twenty four film. Um, and, uh, he, he, I, Nick Cage was good in it. I'll say he, he was, he played, he's playing the role of nobody interesting. Like a guy, a man that is like the most least interesting guy you could, you could, you know, besides Walter Mitty, he's pretty uninteresting. Um, and Nick Cage is anything but that. And I think he played it really well. Sure. All the way through, all the way through, he played it really well. Uh, I never saw the Nick Cage mannerisms really happen all the time. So g- good job for him on that one. Um, and everybody else was pretty solid performances. Um, it had some messages. I'll, I'll let you speak to those. Um, but yeah, not, I, I when I got done watching it, I was like, man, that was a bummer. And uh, I need to go watch something happy now. Because I don't want to be bummed out. Um, that's my thoughts. Uh, now, bring us around to why it's actually a decent film, <laughs> Dennis. Um. Okay. So I mean, if you liked it, I'm just—I don't know if you liked it, and I shouldn't say that. My my feelings were mixed. I liked okay. it most of the way. Um. And boy, I feel like anything I can say here is a spoiler. Um. I'm not going to spoil details, but I am going to talk about the like high level um, gist of what I think the movie was saying, um, which is kind of a spoiler. I went into it basically blind. Um, I think I had seen a clip of the trailer on TikTok um, and knew that uh, Nicolas Cage, um, his character, who I didn't, 
I, I mean, I guess the last movie of his that I saw was uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, in which I, I started himself. watching that in the hotel. I'm going to watch that this week, FYI, because it looked great. And so, and so I thought that he was playing himself. Um, he's not. He's playing character. Um, that he's in a situation where people are having dreams about him. That's all I knew. And I think it's probably best enjoyed that way. I think the more you know about it, the word maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, so I'm going to talk about that. So if you don't, if if you're thinking about watching it and want to go in uh, uh, unbiased, um, maybe maybe skip ahead. Um, I think I think simply all the movie is trying to say is that like um, virality is not real. And as can can just as easily go positive or negative, because it's basically everything that happens in the story is this thing happens. He doesn't know anything about it and why, but it makes him famous and potentially successful for a while just by random chance. Um <clears throat> And then it turns on him and his whole life falls apart as quickly, like he falls as fast as he rose. Um, and it ends in a very, um, I don't want to say very abstract after we watched the movies like 2001 A Space Odyssey. But it gets even weirder toward the end. And so I was with it until that point. Um, and then it becomes a, a little bit of a um, uh, inception kind of thing where you're not sure what's real and what's the dream, who's dreaming about what by the mm -hmm. end. Yep. And it just kind of lost me. Um, didn't help that, the you know, I started it kind of late and the closer it got to the end, the more tired I got, the less I was able to sort of absorb and focus I think it gets. Hard. The... I think it got harder to understand too. It got a little bit more, just fuzzy. Yeah, as yeah. it went on, it's a good way, a good way to um, describe it. But um, as you said, Nicholas Cage is great. Um, it's it's weird. Um, you it's know, in a similar, <laughs> yeah, in a similar way to Everything Everywhere, um, but without the clear straightforward triumphant win that uh everything everywhere ended with right so that's 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 my summation w would you recommend it to people and if you so who would you recommend it to i mean Everything Everywhere was a movie that I felt like I could recommend to almost anyone. I don't remember. I mean, you could go back and find that episode and see what I said about that at the time. Not everyone, because I know some people can't handle that level of absurdity. And there's a lot of... Um, whatever. There are certain topics it addresses that, uh, you know, some people in my life are not open to. And I wouldn't... But sure. 
for certain people in certain contexts, like this movie is great. Um, boy, uh, what, what would I don't you know say, a better what would way you to say, say when this? I said messaging earlier that they're trying to tell you stuff. What would you say they're trying to speak to here? What message? Well, as I said, as I said earlier, it's something about like the approval of the crowd, the approval, you know, the, the, the opinion of the masses, right? The, the strangers and, and the people around you, both, both going viral or getting canceled, right? One is the cancel culture, right? Yeah. Cancel culture. Yeah. Um, and so there are certain like, I don't know. Maybe somebody like our buddy Trotsky, who's just interested in hearing a lot of things from all sides. People who like weird movies, right? I'm sure there's a better way to say that, but no, that's actually um, well, well said. I think you know, if you, I don't know, I don't think I've seen any other A24 movies. I know that the uh, the Daniels who made. Um, I think that's their names, uh, who made everything everywhere. Their first movie was called Swiss Army Man with, uh, with, um, Radliff, Rat, 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 uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Daniel Radliff. Um, which I started once and didn't finish it. I think I, I decided it was too late in the night when I tried to start it. Um, but I've heard it's very, very weird with like cannibalism or something. <laughs> um, but you know, there, there are movies like that. Like I hear, you know, people talk about mad God or, um, I don't know. I don't know what other way to describe it than weird. And I know weird is a very vague, um, moniker to use there, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely odd, um, you know, in a way that Nick Cage does every once in a while. Um, yeah. And I don't and know, I definitely some, would not some, recommend Some realistic it to... stuff to it, right? Like the family interaction is heavy. Yeah. 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 A yeah. lot of the, a lot of the interpersonal reactions and things, especially the earlier in the movie we're talking about, um, are very um plausible and and believable um it gets it gets more absurd the longer the movie goes but yeah uh, i i would say the only person and this yeah. is this is the best recommendation i could give it to for everyone to hear this is the only person i would recommend this to is a critic i think critics would look at this as an art house piece and try to look for okay. deeper meanings and the lesson and the moral and how it was told and the structure and the uniqueness of the direction of it and find all those bits and pieces of, of cinema storytelling and appreciate those. I don't say appreciate, but mm -hmm. we could, could see those, but that's the only person people that I would recommend it to. Um, I can't think of anyone else in my life that would want to go watch this this piece unless they are involved at least to the level that we are of, of movies and film. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's a little yeah, bit that's of a fair. downer, downer note to, to start, uh, 
And um, so we're going to watch a new movie next week that we haven't seen or don't know anything about. So that's that's interesting. We'll we'll watch that one and uh, talk about some Deep Space Nine. We'll we'll do our favorite Trek talk next week. How's that? We should even make a segment just call it Trek talk because we we do it so often. <laughs> what 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 is what is what is the next Trek thing coming out? Do we know anything? I guess maybe Discovery's happening or is ending or I don't know. There, I, I always look to what's what's the next Trek thing that should be coming out and. I know that um, my favorite one is is not going to be out for a while, so that leaves. There's no Picard. There's no Discovery. Yeah, Picard is done. Um, oh, that's still season one. Uh, season three, Strange, Strange New Worlds, Worlds at some point. Lower not, deck at uh, some point. Not in. It's not on IMDb, whatever that, whatever that will be. What, what, um, I know we're, we're done with, we're, we're in, we're in overtime for the, for the show, but I'll, right. I, it'll lead into Nobody next week. To listen to me click through IMDb. We'll, we'll, we'll lead into next week. What, what do you think? And we'll, so we'll expand upon this question. What do you think a time period of Star Trek you'd like to see explored if they put a new, if they were going to put a new show out? Because because Trek is goes has past um, episodes like for, like beginning of you know t there's many episodes that take place in modern era or even in the past. There's episodes that take place during World War after World War Three. There's with First Contact. There's stuff with Enterprise. There's stuff with Kirk, pre Kirk, post Kirk, Next Generation. And even nine hundred years in the future, what what would be something you'd like to see? Um, it's hard. I mean, I I like the, you know, I'm a I'm an original series guy, so Strange New Worlds is just perfect. We gush about that so much. Um, I feel like there's probably still stories to tell in the in the the nineties era, whatever they call that, in the 23 the, the 24th century um but at the same time that's so well trodden by mm -hmm. the three series we had during yeah. that time yeah. that it's that it's got to be really hard to do much of anything without um screwing up the canon in some way yeah um because of the other events but um I don't know. I mean, there are, there, there's a whole gap of time in between. There's almost a hundred years between original series and next generation. That's yeah. not aside from the original series movies, uh, one through six yeah, and a handful of like time travel episodes. Um, there's the enterprise, Prize C, I want to say, that shows up in um, Cause and Effect, the time loop episode of yeah. Next Gen. Yeah. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to see. I don't know if I don't know if that's interesting. I I feel like the the main ship is is covered. I mean, that's a little bit what Lower Decks is doing is like a different a different take, a different perspective. Yeah. Um. Voyager did that a little bit. Deep Space Nine did that a lot. Um, 
but following a different ship that does different kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, in, in that lower decks theme, I think I'd, interesting. I'd like to see post next generation, like post, I guess we should say post Picard, like see, see that and then start with a new series, new ship and go forward. I think that's this. I think that's the setting of lower decks, isn't it? I think so. That's what I'm saying. Except, you, except not, not Riker an, you know, on the Titan funny and... animation. I, I, I like love right. low decks, but you know, a little, a little more like a, I don't want to say real, but like a, like a, like a typical, um, Star Trek show with yeah. some humor, but yeah. mostly, um, like a strange, serious. like a strange new world, but you know, in there. Yeah. And we can talk about that more next week. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. I think we got them. We got them all. Saved a couple lives here. All right. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 333. Thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out for reviews on things. You might even find Fox's thoughts on uh, Dream Scenario. If you would like to reach out to us and tell us what? Everything we're wrong about Vegas. Um, uh, right, nice. You do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you can find contact forms to reach out to us and show notes where relevant. I think we just had a couple this week. If you enjoy the front porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a favorable review, we always appreciate that. It helps out a lot in those algorithms. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.